Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. I would welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I am proud to say that uh, we're going to have at least a little football. We're gonna have at least a little bit of football this this fall. What what do you think about that? I am I'm pumped. I was not entirely confident the Big Twelve was gonna come out and say we're gonna play football. Um, so this week, kind of an instant reaction, at least a reaction to the big news this week, where the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided they weren't gonna play football. Uh, the SEC ACC said. Why wouldn't we play? And the Big 12 came out and said, yeah, we'll give it a shot. Um, so, you know, it kind of felt like Big 12 may have been like a swing vote in an election year, swing state. Um, Big 12 says, yes, we'll see if that encourages other formally no's to vote I move ahead with football or if uh, partial conferences join the Big, Twi- Big 12 uh, at least certain teams have voiced their displeasure with getting shut down. But before before we do that, we will just be talk, talking about football this this week. Uh, no baseball nonsense. No basketball. <laughs> Mavericks are locked into their seven seed. Go Mavs, go. We are still collecting entries for our giveaway to give away the book novella from our man Travis Hale dream no little dream to enter you need to send us your most favorite or sorry most memorable or favorite game from Texas Tech history doesn't have to be football and the only stipulation is it cannot be 2008 football versus Texas so you submit it you also have to be a follower of ours on a social channel whether it's the podcast at 23 personnel Myself, Spencer, at Punts Suck, or Michael, at Michael underscore LBK. Michael, you said you have read this book before, yes? Yes, I have. It's it's a it's a fun follow-along with, um, well, some of it's fun, some of it's not. I mean, some, it's, it's it's kind of some real-life <laughs> stuff, so. It's not all fun and games. No, nope, um, but it's, it's a great look into kind of life on West Texas for a kind of an older farmer and, and a Red Raider fan who who got to see Pat Mahomes play his last year here. Yeah. As well as those Twitter handles, you can follow, follow us on Instagram at 23 personnel podcast. You can pick up 23 personnel merchandise at our Teespring store, teespring.com slash stores, 23 personnel podcast. Um, great things to grab there from the store t-shirts we're not quite yet to hoodie season. But we're getting there. Pick up some yeah, it sure doesn't feel like it this week. No, we're, we're getting in like a second heat wave. I think we hit 104 today and 106 tomorrow. Yeah. So save the, the hoodie for a little bit later in the fall. Um, so we will talk about Big Ten, Pac-12. We're talking about the, the Big 12 football schedule. Uh, kind of do a, a quick review preview on that and then we'll we'll break down the the texas tech schedule that was released wednesday morning um but with tech with texas tech big 12 football fall sports coming back so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner betonline.ag major league baseball and the nba are in full swing and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. 
Also tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your wagering experts. All right, let's talk about some football. Hot route. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Picked off. Demarcus Fields down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he's my. got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. And it's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Scoring begin. The Big Ten, Pac-12, almost in uh, not in, in unison, but they came out pretty pretty close together. Announced that they were not going to play football in 2020 or any fall sport. Um, so it went from an individual school uh, in UConn. It went to the small conferences. Um, an FCS, then the MAC did it, the Mountain West, and the Big Ten, Pac-12 were the first Power Five conferences and say we're not playing this fall. Michael, what are your, your thoughts on how all that went down this past oh, about week or so? It's it's something that we've talked about privately in our Slack chat and everything, and I'm sure we're not the only ones with this observation, but it, it's parallel to how the NCAA tournament was canceled. You know, you had you had the Ivy League schools who probably weren't going to really have anybody go or very few schools go say, yeah, we're not going to go. And everybody just kind of laughed. And then slowly but surely other schools and other, you know, conferences were talking about, you know, they were canceling their tournaments. And then all of a sudden the big tournament got canceled altogether, which makes a, a billion with a B dollars for the NCAA. Uh, so this was just kind of similarly executed as we thought just there'd be some some certain teams or some smaller conferences start to cancel and then the dominoes would start to fall but i was wrong in thinking that the dominoes would fall all the way football would just be canceled completely and totally as we know it in Mm -hmm. you know one fell swoop and um you know you've got a few conferences including the big 12 left standing through all this that part's kind of interested me the most because it it puts them both in a bad position, really. Um, you know, if all the power... As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story... You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot georgetown.edu slash podcast positive folded fine they'll be in the same the same page but since some of them did and some didn't there's going to be some players that are really upset that they're not going to get to play football this year there's obviously going to be fans uh then on the counter side of that if kids start getting sick there's going to be players and fans and parents and stuff upset about that uh, for those that are still going to play. So it's just kind of 
I was expecting an all or nothing scenario. I didn't know there were going to be a few of them say, no, nah, no, nah, y'all go ahead and y'all can stay home. And we're, we're going to keep playing. You know, us here at Florida State, we're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing here at Georgia. We're going to keep playing here at Texas Tech. Yeah. The What makes this, I guess, more complicated is that it wasn't all or nothing, right? That you've got yes. 60% of the Power Five saying, yeah, we're going to still play. So what does that mean for recruiting timelines that are all based on, you know, you have the, the recruiting windows during the season here in the fall um, where every team is on the same type of type of schedule. You can host recruits for officials. Now, I mean, big, big 10 pac 12 won't be having games until the spring. Um, does that put them behind the eight ball? I would assume so that they're not going to have any like games and, game day atmospheres to sell recruits on. Um, I mean, not that there's going to be a whole lot of atmosphere, you know, in the big, big 12 sec, ACC, if we're all at 25% or less. Um, but you know, without any games at all, you got to think that's a huge recruiting disadvantage for those, those two conferences. Um, and what about the eligibility for the students? Like for for the athletes, are are they going to, is this going to be basically an extra red shirt season for them? I think I've read that, that that's the, I, th- I think they will honor that. Maybe I have not read that correctly, but uh, I think that's the case. The other issue that comes up is, so if there is spring football, then what? Do we have a spring champion? In a fall, and a, yeah. And a fall champion. And then are these kids going to turn around and finish their spring football season in May and get a few months off and come back for fall train, fall camp yeah, and so do it all again? I mean, that's One of the shows just, I was listening to said, you know, as, as dangerous as, as this virus may be, trying to cram two seasons in a nine months may be as dangerous to their physical sure. health. And, and, you know, we're obviously going to focus on football because that's how this affects us directly the most in Lubbock. I mean, this will, of course, uh, kill soccer. This would kill volleyball. Um, you know, this would kill basketball for these these teams too. So, well, I, I just I just don't know how that's going to work. I guess, and how does basketball work? Do they just start in January playing conference opponents? I, I th- it's weird with basketball. Cause I think it's actually it's. It's still considered a spring sport, even though it starts in October. Well, I, th- I think they consider it like a winter sport, right? So it doesn't fall on like it's weird why, why they would make that differentiation. But when they came out and said they're they're canceling or postponing fall sports, I don't know if that applies to basketball. And if it doesn't, why not? Right. Um, but at least for for Texas Tech and the Big Twelve, that's not a concern. We're gonna we're gonna move ahead. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. We're gonna move ahead. Uh, test the waters. Big 12 did announce Tuesday evening that they were going to go ahead and attempt to play in 2020. Then the conference released the conference schedule. So everybody's schedule was posted outside of the non-conference games. Um, I've been looking at it, Michael, and I don't know with the way everything's balanced. One, I think... Every conference, sorry, the conference play starts on September 26th. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, six weeks or so away from the start of conference play. Everybody plays that first weekend, and then the, the schedule goes all the way out into the first weekend in December, December 5th. Everybody plays on that weekend. So over those I don't know, three months, you've got nine games scheduled. Um, They've built in two bye weeks for every team during conference play. And it looks, I mean, maybe Baylor and West Virginia have a little beef with how, how their schedule kind of shook out where they have two games, a bye week, five games, a bye week, and then two games. But like in terms of like weird schedule, like weird travel schedules or hitting like the, the top, the, projected top talent teams in the league back to back to back. You don't like, I don't really see a team that's got like a problem with it. 
The only, yeah, only I one mean, I could find was maybe Kansas State, their final three games, where they are on the road at Iowa State, then they're at on the road in Baylor, or in Waco versus Baylor, and then back. Sorry, I'm reading that wrong. No, 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 I was right, I was right. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're both on the road there. They're at Iowa State, at Baylor, and then home versus Texas. But if that's the most difficult three-game stretch, I mean, I, 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 I see for Kansas, they, um, they host Iowa State, then go to Oklahoma, and then they host Texas, but there's a bye week in there between Oklahoma and Texas. Besides Oklahoma State has a pretty decent one where they they run three in a row against Baylor, Iowa State, and Texas, but the latter of those two are at home. Yeah, so they're they're on the road in Waco, and then they host Iowa State, Texas, and they're on the road at Kansas State. They're the four game stretch. But like I said, like if there's there's no way that has Texas and Oklahoma and Iowa State back to back to back. Baylor may not be as good this year with first-year head coach Dave Aranda. Maybe they don't miss much. There's not much of a step back from how Matt Campbell left them. Not Matt Campbell. Uh, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Campbell's up at Iowa State. Um, Too many mats in this conference. Lots of mats. There's there's three. Too many. Too, too many. Yeah, so like you, you look at it and then – I mean, West Virginia finishes the year um, home versus Oklahoma on the road versus Iowa State. I mean, those are their two hardest games. But like, so only two teams play five games in a row. Nobody else plays more than that. And it's Baylor and West Virginia in the middle of their of their seasons. Nobody like the first bye week anybody gets is October 10th, which would be their fourth or fifth week in the schedule, depending mm-hmm. on if they start the 12th, like Texas Tech is, or if they start the 19th for their non conference game. Um, and then, like, you know, everybody gets either three or four games in a row and then they're off, three, four games in a row and they're off. Like I said, except for Baylor in West Virginia. I don't see any team that's got a, a major beef with the schedule. I can't see it either. I, I think you brought it up at first. Probably the teams that Baylor and West Virginia that have to play five in a row, that's probably the, the biggest one. But Tech, I mean, we haven't mentioned Tech's uh, schedule yet. The, the, the big thing that I noticed was different was there before this was released – the last game of the year for tech was against OU. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, if things go South with COVID and, and, you know, tech may not have to <laughs> at least play that one. OU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, that's fine. I, I can live without having to play OU for one year, but now it's Kansas. So it's really, it really feels like we need to, we've got to have that redemption on December 5th <laughs> against Kansas. So if I was thinking, I might just rattle off the tech games real quick. Um, well, so before you get there real quick, there's yeah. one more thing I want to point out uh, in terms of like home home and away schedules. No team has more than two games in a row of either home or away. So you don't have three games in a row where you're at home or three games in a row where you're on the, on the road. So again, travel is fairly balanced. Um, you don't have, like I said – murder's row in terms of like the strength of your schedule back-to-back weeks which i know they they really couldn't plan for that uh by you know in august saying oh tcu is going to be a lot better this year let's break them up from iowa state or whatever but like the presumed favorites in the league oklahoma texas and iowa state right now they're 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 pretty separated on everybody's schedule and then you don't have like like I said weird stretches where you're on the road versus all these all these teams, and then home versus Kansas, Kansas State, Tech, West Virginia, whatever. So, yeah, and and the only neutral site games are, or I mean, it's the only neutral site game is 
the oh great I get to try to pronounce this Red River Red River Red River rivalry. You you set yourself up for that. It's just the Texas OU game, man. Texas and OU at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. It says this. Yeah. So that that's the only one. That's the only neutral site game, which won't be played during the fair because this year the Texas State Fair will not happen. They'll still play the game in the Cotton Bowl, but not yeah during the fair. There will not be a fair. Uh, so Tech, of course, they start their first game uh, September 12th at home against Houston Baptist. I mean, a mighty team, which almost beat UTEP last year and was UTEP's only win of the entire year. Almost. <laughs> almost. So, I mean, I guess beggars can't be choosers. We, if Tech's going to play football, we need them to play football. So um, game one the 12th of September against Houston Baptist by week, which is great. So you get, then you get a week off immediately. And then you start a conference on September 26th. As Spencer said, the entire conference is playing that day and you start against Texas. And I'm not sure. Home. I'm not sh- like, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I don't know if like catching Texas early in the season is good or bad. Starting off your home, conference schedule with Texas. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's there. And I'm like, cool. If the season get, gets canceled, like, you know, if, if we only get halfway through the season or whatever, it would be still pretty cool to say, Hey, we, we played Texas this year. It's not like our, our, our schedule was Kansas state, Kansas and West Virginia. And then we didn't play any like regional teams that we wanted to. Yes. And, and I agree with you. That was my exact thought was, you know, if if we make it through September, that's a it reminds me of a Merle Haggard song, but it's called "If We Make It Through December." Anyway, y'all look that up because Merle Haggard's great. There's a th- that would be one of the best things is if the amount of football was limited. If Tech gets to play Texas, even if Tech loses, I just it's just a game I'm more invested in, and it's a home game too. So that would be a plus as well. Hey, if we finish the season at 500, that's a win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, followed up, let's see, the next week, October 3rd, you're going to Manhattan to Kansas State. The following week on the 10th is Iowa State in Ames. Then you're off the 17th. And then Tech welcomes West Virginia the 24th of October. OU the following week on Halloween. That could be an interesting game. Yep. Although you wouldn't have, like, assuming that we don't have any behind the fans, you wouldn't have all the crazy costumes and stuff. You'd have 21,000 people somewhere, <laughs> maybe wearing something, possibly. At home. If it's a sellout. At their own parties. Oh, did you read today, I, I didn't mean to get sidetracked too bad, but um, good news, all you Sooner fans who listen to this podcast, that even if... Gaylord Stadium or whatever it's called is limited to 25% capacity. As long as they sell out, they still get to keep their 21-year streak of consecutive sellouts intact. I'm sure everyone was really worried about that. So Must that's, nice. that's great news. That's great news, everybody. We did, we did it. Um, so, yes, Tech hosts OU on Halloween. Following week on the 7th, they head to Fort Worth to take on the Frogs or um, – <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let me finish this thought before I get back to that. Uh, the following week after that, on the 14th, host the, the Baylor Bears for the first time since 2008. Mm-hmm. So Robert host the Baylor III. Bears for the first time in 12 years. Yeah, RG3. And um, then a bye week for the 21st, and then right after Thanksgiving in we, we didn't mention this before, but there's no games on Thanksgiving Day, anything like that. Uh, the games will be Saturday before and Saturday after Thanksgiving, just kind of like normal. And so this is where you get back to every single team plays on the 28th of November. And Which Tech I really takes like. on Oklahoma State. I really like that everybody's playing Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Um, and then every single team plays the last week, as we mentioned, on the 5th. And that's when Tech hosts... Kansas, but I wanted to get back to that four-game stretch with um, 
we were tech hosts West Virginia, hosts OU, goes to TCU and hosts Baylor. Friend of the show, Kyle, mentioned that that's four home games in a row. It is. It's so uh, that might be a slight. People may be looking at that and thinking, mm, Tech has a slight advantage here. They've got four home games in between two bye weeks. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I've got some questions for you when looking at the schedule. But first, guys, 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. There is one thing you can you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do just that. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On the Manscaped website, you will also find the crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp butt with natural hydrators and antioxidants. Finally, you'll also find the crop reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne designed for your balls. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of the show will get 20% off plus free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Simply use armchair as your promo code. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Excellent. Excellent. Manscaped.com. Y'all go check it out. And while you're there on the web browsing around, go visit our friends at betonline.ag. We've talked about them before already. Sports are coming back as we've just gone through. The Big 12 is going to be in full swing. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. So um, check out our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball, NBA, they're all in full swing. And Hopefully, Big 12 football will be in full swing pretty soon, too. Uh, so Bet Online has all the odds, futures, props for you to be in on the fun. Tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, before we wrap it up, I've got some questions for you, Michael, on the schedule. Now that we've looked at it, before we dive into our previews here pretty soon, starting soon uh, with the first game a month away from today. So the bye weeks. According to my schedule, the way I'm looking at it, you've got a bye week in weeks two, six, and 11. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's just a, it's a nice spacing. Uh, I like how they kind of broke out that, uh, you know, guys almost always get hurt the first game. They almost always get hurt the first game of the season. But when in a typical season, when you're trying to squeeze in 12 games, the, the almost the last thing you want is a bye week in week one, because sometimes that means you may not get another one, especially mm-hmm. since the Big 12 is always big about having games during finals week and whatnot. So I like the idea that this there's a bye week this soon. There's going to be guys that get hurt against Houston Baptist and hopefully not hurt in a way that it'll end their season or anything, but they just may need a couple weeks to get ready for Texas. So the but yeah, what do you got there? So, in terms of looking at bye week and week two, typically I'd say no, that's dumb. Like let, let's 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 get some games in before we take a break. The way I look at this one, 
where I'm actually, I'm actually a, a big fan of this. Me too. Let's say, you know, something were to happen, you know, heaven forbid that like somebody gets sick and contracts a virus at or around this game. If you follow the proper protocols that those players may be able to be back in time to play Texas, depending on how chance, like if it's, if they catch a mild version of it where they're not, uh, they're, you know, they're asymptomatic, but they've still been quarantined. Yeah. They'll, they'll miss out on, on, on the week or so of practice. Um, but also like what we know, what I know from working in a, in a healthcare setting, if you do contract the virus, you, you do, your body does, uh, develop or produce antibodies that should keep you air quotes immune from recatching this virus up to four to six months. So, okay. Say you do get sick early, early in the season, you may miss a game. You you may not, especially with with the bye week in week two. I like having the bye week there in case you do get sick. You're still an opportunity to come back and start conference play on time. Um, but I also like that if that were to happen and you know, let's, let's, let's hope that it's not like a widespread thing within the team where like you're, you're shutting everything down. Once you come back, you, you should be good to go the rest of the season. But to your point, having it early to, to help recuperate from any kind of physical injuries from the first game because of how practices have been modified all spring workouts over the summer and fall camp. We've, we've seen it in, in the MLB, especially with the Rangers. They, they've had multiple players injured early on in the season. They had two pitchers go out with the exact same injury, basically. Um, and it's because of the way that they had to ramp up in a pretty quick timeline to get ready to start their season, where mm-hmm. otherwise they would have been in the middle of the year for them. Yeah, so more of a slow burn. I do like you get a game against a Houston Baptist where a lot of people should play. So you're not going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of drain, let's say on, on your starters. You'll have, have some opportunity to get a lot of people involved and then you get a week off for everybody to heal and get ready for hosting Texas. So long story short, that's why I like by week and week two, where otherwise I would have been like, no, that's too early. Usually because Texas tech only gets two by weeks in a normal season and, and, and getting your first one week two means you're going to play five, six, seven weeks in a row without getting a week off. And that can be really difficult to, to, to outlast. Yep. So your other uh, two I'm are, with it. are there, uh, once you start conference play, you play three games and then you're off. I think that's fine with me. You play four games again. That's fine with me. I, that doesn't feel like a abnormal stretch, especially when you consider some years you've played 10 or 11 games in a row. And then I do like that you, you finish the season with everybody else included, but you finish the season playing two weeks in a row, you know, Thanksgiving weekend and the first weekend of December. Whereas a lot of years you finished up on Thanksgiving weekend and then you've had half the conference or more playing another week when you're done, which I hate. Sure. And that always felt weird. And sometimes it was, you know, Thanksgiving day or the day after. Yeah. And then there's still so much big 12 football going on. You're not a part of it. And a week Uh, and a half later, the conference is finishing their regular season. You're like, cool. Yeah. Uh, Enjoyed it guys. But the, the other thing I wanted to bring up too is there's, so there's three weeks out of this whole stretch where every team will play aside from those three weeks, I'm hoping and hoping and anticipating, of course it doesn't matter as much now since there's going to be less people going, but hopefully we'll see less 11 AM games. But the, those weeks, those three weeks where every single big 12 team plays makes me nervous. Well, especially so when that got, last one will be Texas Tech, Kansas. Yeah. Well, so you've you've got um, you have seven weeks throughout the schedule where every team is playing. Oh, it's more than just three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you, right. well, so you, the first two weeks of conference play, everybody's playing, 
and there's a three-week stretch in the middle, the 24th, 31st, and the 7th, so October 24th through November 7th. Everybody's playing those three weeks, and everybody plays the last two weeks of the season. So you've got all those bye weeks scattered between October 10th and November 21st. With yeah, I completely missed all that, yeah. So, I mean, let's see, that'll be five games. I, five I, games a day, and you'd ideally not want too many of them going head-to-head, so it's going mean, to be... I mean, I would assume it'd someone, be... There's going to be that 11 a.m. is going to be there. Mm-hmm. It's going to still be in play. Probably two 11s, two 3s, and a 7. Yeah. That's probably what it'll be most of the time. Every now and then, they kind of stagger the late the late kick. It seems like sometimes, sometimes there'll be one at 6 and one at 7, mm-hmm. something like that. So maybe, you know, you, you could stretch it. I... I I, I know it's in the middle of the day, and especially when we were doing last year with, with our responsibilities with the radio station, that 3 o'clock kick was a really long day. I really like the middle afternoon games. I don't mind them. And just as a fan, I, I don't even mind the, 11, the 11s as much as I used to unless I'm going. If I'm physically going, those those can kind of drag, but... But it is nice to just have the rest of your day as well. <laughs> to just be able to, to go and do what you need. Yeah, so, I mean, really quickly, if, if we look through that first week of the schedule, um, Baylor plays Kansas, that's got to be an 11 o'clock game. Iowa State plays TCU. Kansas State-Oklahoma could be like a mid-afternoon game. I like that one. Oklahoma State-West Virginia... And then Texas, Texas Tech. That one, I th- like week one. That probably has to be your night game, especially with Texas projected to be as good as they will be this year. I don't think there's a better matchup or better game in week one. So, I think he may get a, a you know right out the gate a night game. Unfortunately, you followed up week two versus Kansas State. That one, that that may be like your your. 11 o'clock game yeah we could still be looking down that i was i was hoping to try to avoid it and maybe more different or more different maybe different tv contracts and stuff but i think techs and big 12 still locked in with the same tier one tier two tier three yeah. people so it'll just be a normal year for for televising um let's see other other games you could play at night uh, halloween night versus the the sooners obviously Let's look at the rest of the games that that night. Baylor TCU could give you a run for your money that night to play. Then um, Iowa State Kansas no, Kansas State West Virginia no, Oklahoma State Texas maybe. Like you could have three games vying for that late night game. Um, what week are you talking about? Uh, Halloween. Oh, okay. Because I, I I jumped down to like Texas Tech's next biggest opponent. Yeah, which is just the next most nationally prominent team. I mean, you, you could have a night game versus Iowa State on the tenth, because we know Texas, Texas, or sorry, Texas, Oklahoma. That's afternoon. That, that'll be afternoon, and then you've got Kansas State, TCU, and then nobody else is playing. So you, you may get Kansas State, TCU morning, Texas OU afternoon, Texas Tech, Iowa State at night. So maybe you get three night games in the first three, or sorry, two night games in the first three weeks. Yep, there's there's a chance there. Uh, one thing I don't know if we mentioned either too is that the the championship game they're still planning on having that, but they haven't settled on a weekend. It'll either be the twelfth or the nineteenth of December. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to affect any of any of our plans, but it's good to know. Yeah, and then. Um, I'm looking ahead. The other one that might be easier to project would be November 14th because there are only two games that day. TCU, yeah. West Virginia, Texas Tech, Baylor. Now, obviously, you're not going to fill all three time slots. Um, and we've, we've seen that the Big 12 doesn't always, you know, favor the 3 p.m. and then the 7 p.m. games. There may be an 11 and 7 or an 11 and 3. But going up against TCU, West Virginia... Texas Tech Baylor because of how the game went last year and it's an in-state game. You have another shot at a night game there. Um, Let's see. I'm looking at Thanksgiving, the weekend after Thanksgiving, Iowa State, Texas. Uh, 
maybe the the night game if Iowa State is as good as they say they are. Um, Texas Tech, Oklahoma yep. State, maybe doubtful. I don't think Texas Tech's gonna get a lot of like all like a lot of night games. Um, TCU, Kansas, no. Tech, I already said that. West Virginia, Oklahoma, depends on Oklahoma. West Virginia could be really bad again this year because they lost a lot. And then that final week of the season, Baylor, Oklahoma could be a really good one. It's definitely not going to be you versus Kansas. Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma State, TC. I, I don't know. So we'll see how that shakes out in terms of the TV schedule. Michael, looking ahead, knowing what we know now, is there a game that you look at and you like you have the most confidence that Texas Tech will win that game during the conference schedule? The yes, the the only one that I have the most confidence in is hosting West Virginia. Okay, I like I the like timing it. of that because Tech will have played Iowa State on October 10th. They'll have a bye week, and that game at Iowa State is in Ames, and so they'll have a bye week. Uh, on the 17th, and then they'll host West Virginia the 24th of October. And as you said, they were not good last year. I don't see how they're going to get be any better. And that was one of the few games that Tech handled pretty well on the road, even. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's the one that I feel the most confident about, and I think the timing works out well. Um, I don't disagree with you. Uh. I would to be different to look at a different game, not the the West Virginia game. Um, I'd want to see TCU, but I like that matchup in TCU in in Fort Worth. Um, even with fans, Fort Worth has not been a very intimidating place for for Texas Tech. Um, it feels like the road team has won that game the past five or six years, I think going back, uh, I think the only time that that was broken is when TC ran out of fireworks. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. 82, 27. But I think since then the road team has won all those games. Um, so I like that one. Now going in the opposite direction, what do you think would be the most difficult game? And there's one that stands out to me as like number one, hands down most difficult game. I want to see if it's the same game for you. It's it's got to be Halloween night versus OU because it's OU. That's I know it'll be at home, and the big mystique of playing at home at night in the Jones on Halloween has lost its luster over the last decade and definitely will have lost its luster with 15,000 maybe in the stands. Okay, so we didn't have the same game in mind. I was really, thinking, that was well, I, and also because it's just freaking OU. My sure, God. It, it's OU. <laughs> My thought was on the road in Ames. Oh yeah, <laughs> gosh, that doesn't go well. That does not go well either. It has not gone well since uh, was it Kingsbury's first year when you eked uh, out a win. That might have been the only one, or, uh, or one I think of the early years. Had one. Mm-hmm. He he also two. had a really weird one where like. Iowa State returned an onside kick for a touchdown against you. Oh, that's a great one, Spencer, because I, f- I was just so blinded by how good OU is probably going to be, you know, until we're all dead, it's that I just couldn't even look past anything beyond that. But, yeah, they, that one's that one's up there, man, especially with them being kind of the dark horse to win the whole thing and, and this year. Maybe, maybe I'm giving too much – uh, credit or momentum for home versus away. We don't know what the capacity or the, the attendance is going to look like, whether it's 25, 50, full or none. Um, maybe your struggles have in, in, in Jack Tri Stadium have been just fan related. Like, sorry, not that the fans make you bad. Just atmosphere. The atmosphere there doesn't help. Um, so maybe on a a road game, let's say against Iowa State, may not be as intimidating as it may have been last year or two years ago when he played them. We certainly know it's not going to be in Fort Worth because it's not 
typically not been an intimidating, intimidating atmosphere. And if they're reduced to 25% or less capacity, I mean, there's not gonna be much there. Flip side, the argument still works that may, may work for you on the road is going to work against you at home. Like you're not going to have the crowd there versus Texas or Oklahoma to get behind you on some critical drive or moment in the game where you could really use that, that momentum or that, that boost. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody's intimidated traveling to Lubbock anymore. Um, but you're not going to have that, that crowd behind you to help. Just like I was saying, it might not hurt you as much to be on the road. Like I was saying against Iowa state. It's kind of making, well, I mean, we'll see what the atmospheres are actually like with such a fraction. And I just want to point this out. Amon G. Carter seats 47,000. So if they went to 25%, that would be 11,750. Surprisingly. So not a whole lot of people. But that's not the smallest stadium in the, in the conference either. It's Baylor. Yes, I know. And the, theirs is the newest. Yeah. So explain that. Um, the Toilet Bowl. What, last question I had for you for the schedule. Is there a game on here that we haven't already mentioned in terms of most difficult or had the most confidence in that you're looking forward to the most? I've I've mentioned it, but kind of in a different way, if, if I'm allowed to say it again, is the Texas game. Sure. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Texas game because I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm not a... I'm not, I don't get paid to do this, obviously. I mean, we get a little bit of money, but it's not like my full-time gig. But I'm definitely not rooting against sports or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever people claim people are doing. But realistically, I mean, there's a good chance that this season will not get to play out. So I'm going to be most excited about the biggest game that I think we'll have the biggest chance of seeing. And that's, you know, the third week of the season, September 26th. Hosting the Longhorns should be a gorgeous fall day. It will have just officially become fall, so that means it's probably going to be ninety-eight, nine degrees. And we kick off at two thirty or something. But oh, it, undoubtedly. <laughs> but like you said, that could be a night game that week. Uh, we'll just see. But I'm very excited about that uh, because one thing that I've realized throughout all this, all these pipe dream conference foes you know and how nebraska is supposedly going to try to play out outside of the big 10 which i don't even know legally how they can do that and oh, how they're not contractually the, obligated i mean that's just all insane the big 12 the big 10 would have such, such a, a big issue with that and like I, I would wonder if a team like them or iowa iowa is, is looking other. to do that i was like are would it be possible that they break their affiliation with the conference permanently like are they looking for a new home yeah, and, and one thing that I've, I mean, Major League Baseball's doing this and stuff, it, I've, I've kind of, I've realized how much uh, I don't really care how well our record is against West Virginia or Kansas State or Iowa State. I mean, sure, it's always important, but man, you sure care about your record against UT, even though mm-hmm. it's way lopsided. You care about your record against TCU, against Baylor. Oklahoma, the Oklahoma teams, you know, the teams, fans that you actually interact with and see if you live in this area. And so it's made me really appreciate kind of the regional matchups a lot more. And a lot of people were talking online about, you know, resurrecting the Southwest Conference and all this other stuff of, or the border conference and, you know, all these other different things that I really just got a kick out of that. So on top of for all of those reasons and the ones I've previously mentioned, I'm pretty excited about that Texas game. So the game that I'd be looking forward to, um, again, assuming we play a full season, is going to be uh, game number eight when you host Baylor. Oh, yeah, that's that's solid. That's that's a good one. Kind of like... Um, yeah, I think it has everything to do with, with how that game ended last season. I want to see the team take that use it like you know the bulletin board material that week don't leave it in the hands of the officials do everything you can i'm also interested i mean i'll like obviously we'll have the opportunity to see a dave aranda team by then but see what he what he does the the his thumbprint he puts on the team um you know i'm i'm forgot again that baylor hired dave aranda i've wanted him at texas tech for a long time 
for both defensive coordinator and head coach. Um, he's at Baylor now. So I, I mentioned that game, game eight. If, if, we're, if we're not going to play a full season, it's going to be hard to get all the way into the middle of November to make that game happen. But I think that would be the game that I would circle on my schedule that I want to see the most. I want to see yeah. them take on the Bears. And that's another regional one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the like we mentioned before, the first time here in Lubbock in 12 years. So that's, I mean, that just kind of piles up and it's a, it's a revenge game, hopefully a potential revenge game, mm-hmm. not, not like the hashtag sad revenge game against Kansas. Um, <laughs> and you can't, you can't blow 17 <laughs> and then call it a revenge game. Uh, at least the Baylor game was back and forth the whole time. So went overtime. Yeah. Yep. Gosh, it was ugly too. That was an ugly game. That, um, so that last home game in 2008 versus Baylor, just reminded me there are a couple of pieces of trivia that I, I keep popping up. That was a game that uh, Graham Graham Harrell shattered his hand. Yes, in the middle he hit of a guy's the helmet. Didn't yeah, he? it was like like at the end of the second quarter, on a pass, hit somebody's helmet, and broke up like just destroyed his throwing hand. Came back out and finished the game. Um, mm-hmm. Crabtree also like rolled his ankle pretty bad in that game. He also finished the game. Um, this was the last game of your season that year. That's where you finished out, where you, you bounced back from losing to Oklahoma. You beat Baylor, RG three led team, um, and even then it was like it was close there towards the end. Yeah, it was. Um, the The picture that I, I took of the stadium that day that I, I, I still see it every now and then on like somebody's profile or whatever. Um, I'll, I'll have to drop it in the, the the show notes or something. Was taken at that game. Um. Yeah. Anyways, looking forward to that game. A lot has happened in our lives. <laughs> so much uh, since the Bears made it this far west. The other thing I, I don't I don't know if I've actually shared this on the podcast before, but Samantha and I are expecting our second child. That's right. I she's, don't know if you have. She, yeah, I don't know if we, we've actually officially said that, but she's due the week of the Texas game. So week two of the season, and I don't I don't know if, if you know obviously that those things are up in there whether or not she makes it all the way to her due date or not, but we'll we'll have a baby in the middle of the you season. You'll have a yeah very Newborn. busy a very busy football season no matter what, independent of whether or not football is being played for sure. Um, so I want to give a quick follow up on something we talked about last week before we wrap this up. We talked about student attendance. Um, I did hear confirmation that they're not, the Texas Tech is not going to charge students the athletic fee this, this year, which is another big chunk of change they're going to lose out on in terms of revenue because um, it was just over $61 and estimating close to 40,000 students. That's almost $2.5 million that they're going to lose or just not collect on this fall of all times to be losing out on money. They're going to, they're not, they've decided not to charge students the athletic fee. Now I have a neighbor that works for the IS, the IT department that supports athletics. And she said they are working on plans to sell tickets to students at a deep, deep, deep discount. So it's almost like they would have paid um, their athletic fee to go to the, the to go to the games, um, but they'd have to be able to control how many students get in, so they'd have to sell tickets and limit it that way. So it's not ideal that they'd have to pay that, and it's going to be separate from their tuition, like it has been. But assuming that students and fans will be allowed in the stands, students will still have an opportunity to, to attend the games. That's what I've heard that they're working on. Not that that it's been finalized or completed, but. Well, and I think they were on the verge of sending out that info on Monday, but then they halted it because of all the conference stuff going on. So look for that this week, or it's possible they may send that out Thursday or Friday this week. Who knows if things haven't changed with this new schedule. But I'm interested to see exactly how this is going to work for season ticket holders and for students. For sure. So, Michael, 
what did we learn this week? Oh man, I learned that it's, it's just everything in this world is unpredictable. There's just no way that I could have predicted that two of the power five conferences would, would sit out while three of them just were sort of like, Oh, let's keep going. But if I had predicted which ones I would have predicted correctly. See, and I, I don't, I don't know. Like if I was given a choice of like who would not play, I may have said the ACC is one of them. And Possible, like, yeah. I would have discounted their, their connection and partnership with the SEC. Um, the SEC, I, I think everybody was just assuming was going to bull their way through it yeah. as best they can. Um, and then just the other thing, just reminded again of like, not everything we hear on Twitter or in the media is, is fact. And it may be leaked intentionally to get people's reaction. Uh, there, there's some thought that the Big Ten initially released their, their thoughts or they had it leaked that they were planning on canceling the season to get engaged reaction mm-hmm. to see what the other, other conferences may be doing, um, what the other conferences may, may think about that if they have the support of other other conferences um, we've seen some infighting or, or disagreements within conferences supposedly there was like a 10-2 or 8-2 split in the big 12 that texas and oklahoma were, were pushing for everybody else to get on board to play this season again i'm not sure how, how true that is uh, we do know that while there wasn't an air quote official vote from the big 10 over the weekend there was definitely a, a 12-2 split that Iowa and Nebraska were like, no, we're not on board with canceling right now. We want to play. Um, so, yeah, like there, there's lots of stuff, misinformation, fake news, whatever you want to call it. It's difficult to find the truth. If I'm yeah. reminded of the old 90s sci-fi show, X-Files, the truth is out there. It's difficult to find. So that's what you learned this week. We're we're living the X-Files, man. That's it. We're in the X-Files. 2020 is, gosh, they would would have had a field day with this year. They could have had all sorts of conspiracy conspiracy episodes and aliens could still have been somehow involved. But well, all the UFO stuff, which is just mind blowing to me, that's just completely an afterthought. The fact that like (laughs) two meteors collided and... We've got like super falling star peaks and all that kind of stuff going on. We don't no, have time we're, for we're, it. We're worried about uh, if we're going to play college football this season. Yeah, we, we don't have time for it. We we got to see uh, we got to see who's going to play quarterback on the against Houston Baptist. It's going to be Alan Bowman. Going to go ahead and put that out there. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He's still got to win his job and all that. Yeah, uh, if you're not keeping up. With Seth on Staking the Plains, he's been been keeping us up to date with all of the media availabilities, transcribing those as best he can, um, sharing all the, those breakdowns with us. Fall camp has started. Texas Tech is practicing. Um, we're getting news out of out of the out of camp. Availabilities from head coach Matt Wells, some players. Uh, the coordinators. So on top of, you know, everything else that's going on, we're also getting almost daily updates from fall practice, fall camp. That is currently underway. They are practicing right now. Or not like right, right now, but we are in fall camp. Going right through it, yeah. All right, so for an instant reaction, uh, we've gone twice as long as we should have. It's about how... Things work out on the 23 Personnel Podcast. But for Michael, I'm Spencer. We will start our our previews, assuming the schedule doesn't change, here coming up pretty soon. Going to take a first look at Houston Baptist and then, obviously, the conference schedule. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get started on that here pretty soon. All right. Can't wait. We'll see. We'll see how things are shaking out and hopefully everybody's staying healthy and we can keep the season alive. Yeah. Assuming the schedule doesn't change again, we don't have 
BYU or Nebraska or Iowa added and we get another schedule released or yeah, the season's canceled here in a week or so. <laughs> any and of those scenarios could happen. Yeah, it's it's anything could happen. Like I said, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks again for listening to 23 Personal Podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.